Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. I need to do it again. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaBecca Live on ESPN 1063. Bill Simmons, are you okay? Bill, Bill, listen, I want this to work out. I know you're sad that the Celtics are still behind the heat. Damian Lillard increases that gulf that much more between you two, but it's okay. You make a lot of money. The ringer brings in a lot of a lot of money. Ryan, Ryan, oh hold on, Ryan Rosillo, are you okay? Hey, here, 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 pal, here, here. Let me rub your back. Let me rub your big old Boston back. And just enjoy the thirty-five games Kristaps Porzingis is going to give you. There you go. Enjoy. Oh, that was a. He stopped crying immediately. <laughs> he thought about Kristaps. Yeah, yeah, he was like, all right, fine. Seven three. See, I'm here to help. Shoot it. Yeah. Made of plaster. Uh, he could use Qualif. Oh, his, could he? His achy bones. Uh, let me tell you about Dr. Neil Goldhaber. If Chris Thompson Porzingis has a nasal issue, that's who I would recommend. Dr. Neil Goldhaber, goldhabersinus.com, goldhabersinus.com. Congestion, that's not normal if it's just more than a couple of days. Hey, throat pain, tonsils, they're big. Oh, they're just naturally big. I was born with big tonsils. It's genetic. No, 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 that's not a thing. Okay, that's not a thing. Ah, ringing in my ears. Uh, I took a hit to the head a couple of years ago, and I just got some ringing. It's fine. It goes away on Saturdays. No, 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 no. That's not normal. Ah, I just snore. My family's used to it. It's just one of my quirks. No, 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 no. Not healthy and not good for your family. I say all these things because these are all things that Dr. Neil Goldhaber has heard and all things that Dr. Neil Goldhaber can fix. GoldhaberSinus.com. If you suffer from any ailment, ENT, go see the ENT extraordinaire, our man, the guy, Dr. Neil Goldhaber. Based in Boynton, been doing it for decades. I would put him in the trust of my ear, my nose, my throat, my snoring any day of the week. That man is great at what he does, and that's why he should be your first call if you suffer from any of those ailments that people just suffer through. Goldhabersinus.com. Goldhabersinus.com. Dr. Neil Goldhaber. Goldhabersinus.com. All right, so Theo, Damian Lillard, not yet a member of the Miami Heat. Not yet a member of the Miami Heat. Still, we're still waiting. We're still waiting. Now, what I want to do is, is go through the last season and a half of Joe Cronin, the general manager of the Portland Trailblazers, who right now is sitting in his ivory tower in Portland and saying, huh, eh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait for the, the right offer. What I deem to be proper value for Damian Lillard. This is on my terms. I'm Joe Cronin. Mm. The same Joe Cronin that, by the way, misled, lied, hesitated to do anything to assist Damian Lillard in his quest for the Portland Trailblazers to be competitive. Uh, said all these things. Hey, we're going to do this for you, Dame. We're going to do this for you, Dame. We're going to be aggressive. We're going to win now. We're in win-now mode. We're going for it. We're going for it. And then nothing happened. Absolutely nothing happened. Let's go back to the 2022 trade deadline. This was the first big job for Joe Cronin. Talking about, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to do this for Damian Lillard. We're going to go out there and we're going for it. 
Here is the timeline of events. Follow me, won't you? Through GM Joe Cronin and his last year and a half. Our goal is to be aggressive this spring and summer. Did our due diligence, made a bunch of different calls, made some offers, and nothing worked out this oh, time. Man. The goal that we set, you know, when I started this job, this year's was trade to deadline, build a championship roster around Damian Lillard. The goal going into this trade deadline was to be extremely aggressive, mm-hmm. and we're borderline anxious to push all of our chips. Oh in. hell we can't yeah! Wait till that for that moment to happen. Hopefully, our track record has shown that we're willing to be really aggressive. Oh hell we're yeah, going Joe! To be ridiculously aggressive ridiculously. to the point where once we push our chips all the way in, oh, that's just us pushing our chips in. We feel extremely obligated to put uh, a great roster around him. Put chips in. There's, there's a lot of things I want to change as we refine and get into super-duper win-now mode. Oh, super-duper super win-now mode. Um, He's serious. Jody and I have had a lot of conversations about how important it is for us to do right by Damien. Damien and I talk all the time. I mean, all the time. You know, we don't have room for error. We need to get this right. You know, I'm, I'm new to this job. You know, I'm young in this position, and I'm learning and trying to learn as quickly as possible and trying to make as few mistakes as possible as well. It's time for us to start moving quicker. This is the end of the season when no trades were made. Roster that's ready to compete at the highest level. If we're committed to winning now, we have to be able to live with, you know, what the future holds for some player that we traded. Dame and I talked when we last talked. This is draft night. Number one, for Dame to retire a Trailblazer, and two, to put a winner around him. The best player in Trailblazers history that wants to be here and wants to have a winner put around him. We've planted a lot of seeds on some deals. Could be tomorrow, could be next week. Could, could be. be going into free agency. Could or be some deals. Outside of the moratorium. I just wasn't going to be moved at all by need. I already said that, you know, I would love to see Dame retire a trailblazer. I have zero desire to trade him. Oh, no trades. I really hope this works out here. And I think you can tell how excited I am about Scoot Henderson. Mm. Do you feel like you're in danger of losing him? No. Well done by Rip City Retro. That is the last 15 months of Portland Trailblazers GM Joe Cronin Mm. went from we're going to be aggressive, we're going to be aggressive, we're going to be aggressive, we're going to go out there, we're in win-now mode, aggressive, win-now mode, aggressive, win-now mode. No, 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 super-duper win-now We're we're, we're pushing our chips in, and it's not just win-now mode, that's right. We are are pushing the button. We're going super-duper win-now mode. (laughs) Oh, we just didn't see anything we liked, and we couldn't get any deals done, and, hey, you know, we're looking forward to the end of the season. We're going to get better in this offseason. And then the Trailblazers did nothing in the last offseason, and then it came to the trade deadline. Uh, No, here we go. We are are going to to do our best to – Put pieces around Damian Lillard. We're going to compete. We're going to contend. Up, oh, no trades. Nope, nope, no. Nope. Oh, into the draft. Ah, uh, we we have assets. We are going to shop them. We are uh, we are in win now mode. We're going to be aggressive. Oh, uh, oh, uh, we really like Scoot Henderson. I'm glad we drafted him. Like, I mean, all of that is just all of that is just tough talk. Uh, he he believes Joe Cronin believes in the myth of himself as a GM more than he knows the reality of himself as a GM, which is someone who is hesitant, someone who is shaky, someone who is not decisive, someone who is incapable of pulling off a deal. That's what that sounds like to me. It, it's either that or he's doing the number one job of every GM in every single professional sport, and that's prolonging that job security. Yep, 
Yep. You know, it's it's I harder, like those benefits. It's harder as a GM of an NBA team when you have a superstar who's 33 and he's saying, I want to build a contender, I want to contend now, and your task is now to lead this team to a championship. That means you have to make the right, the perfect trades, the moves on the margin to build a contender around Dame. You know it's way easier? Trade Dame, build around Scoot. You mm-hmm. now, now you got four or five years right. of grace right. because Scoot's going to look great. You it's, got young stars, budding stars around them, maybe, and your job is safe. You it, keep getting them checks. It's like when we say in the NFL, you draft a quarterback that resets your clock as a head coach and as a GM. Boom. It resets your clock. Scoot Henderson has reset the clock. But but here's Joe Cronin yesterday, who has not done one singular thing in his time as GM of the Trailblazers to actually assist Damian Lillard in being competitive, even though it was super-duper win-now mode. In his words, here's Joe Cronin yesterday as he holds the fort and talks tough about the mighty Miami Heat. I think the teams that have ended up in the most positive situation post-trade have been the ones that have been really diligent and taken their time and not been impulsive or, you know, the teams that really kept their urgency under control. So I think that's how my approach is going to, has been with this and will be with this, is we're going to be patient. We're going to do what's best for our team. Um, and we're going to see, you know, how this lands. And if it takes months, it takes months. If it takes months, it takes months. Buddy, Joe, you're in this spot because you were too patient and because you weren't urgent at all. We're not going to let the urgency take control. No, if you were urgent to deal Damian Lillard last trade deadline, then you would have gotten a whole hell of a lot of ammunition back to start being super-duper win-now mode, right? But you'll just let that go by. You talked good, but you didn't do anything. You didn't get anything done. Uh, And and, and being patient is the reason we're, we're here. So you only have yourself to blame. You can talk all you want. And the months and months and months, like you're holding Damian Lillard hostage, like you're onto something, like you're capable of grabbing any leverage back. But, buddy, that ship has sailed. I don't want to hear anybody say anything to the contrary. Damian Lillard and the Heat have the leverage in this situation. And you've got Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated saying, oh, well, uh, right now, uh, the Heat, they're, they're just not offering. They're not offering uh, the type of deal the, the Blazers are into. It's a low-ball offer. It's a low-ball offer. Well, I don't know why it's a low-ball offer. Because the Heat have all the leverage. Why would they go over the top offering you what you think Damian Lillard's worth when you've done nothing but drag your feet? You're the reason you're in this position, Joe Cronin. So I don't want to hear tough talk like months and months, months and months. You are not in control, brother. He lost control, and you're right. If he would have dealt them last offseason, he would have got a haul for Damian Lillard. Now with another year on a smaller guard who, again, had to sit out some time because of injury, has that $63 million year hanging over his head in a few years like this is ultimate high leverage for the heat high leverage for Lillard Joe Cronin has lost it now it's just like he's trying to salvage as much of it back as possible I don't know I I I just feel like it's such phony tough talk it's phony tough talk in my opinion I I I just don't it's so off-putting like Joe Cronin I don't know him I wasn't overly familiar with his work which I didn't miss anything yeah I mean, he yeah. he legitimately has not done a single thing with that roster. Um, well, the, uh, he well, resigned the, Jeremy Grant. I say the Jeremy Grant sixty million dollars. That's good. Come on, man. Yeah. Um, other than that, I just I'm so unimpressed by him. I'm so epically unimpressed by him. And now he's going to sit there and he's going to. This is to me with Joe Cronin. What's happened 
is that he's trying to feed as desperately as he can Tyler Hero. He's not worth it. Tyler Hero's not worth it. Tyler Hero's not worth it. But then there's someone like Shams. There's someone like Shams on Yahoo who is is saying this about Tyler Hero. So as much as the Trailblazers are trying to push this narrative, ah, oh, Hero, he's not, he's not a, he can't be part of this deal. He's not a key part of this deal. He's not a key part of this deal. Uh-uh. Stay away. Stay away. This package is terrible what the Heat are offering. Tyler Hero, we know he's one of the centerpieces. It's not good enough for Portland, but listen to this from Shams. I think there are multiple teams that would trade at least one first-round pick for Tyler Hero. So then... There are, there are multiple teams that would that would trade at least one first round pick for Tyler Hero. At least. So so it, good enough first round pick for for multiple teams in the NBA, but for the Trailblazers, uh-uh. what am I missing here? And if you're the Blazers, maybe you stop driving the price down for Tyler Hero because he's on your team. Uh-huh. All right, whether you like it or not, Joe Cronin. Uh-huh. Whether you like it or not, better get that nameplate for his yeah. locker. He is on your team. It is now up to you to help find a third team for him and see what you can get back from him or figure out how to work him into the rotation. Right. Tyler Hero is a Portland Trailblazer. You saw him delete the Miami Heat out of his bio. Yeah, he's gone. He's pretty much gone. So it's either drive his price up so you get two first-rounders from Brooklyn or something or accept that you got no-limit Hero in that backcourt with, with Scoot Henderson. It could look good. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I just – Joe Cronin, there is nothing impressive about him – and how he does that job. He, he said, I'm young and inexperienced. I'm, I'm new. Yeah, trying he to limit it. the mistakes. But, buddy, this is the big leagues, man. Right. And, and you're going against Andy Ellsberg and Pat Riley. Like, you're going to have to realize what the market... Now, I keep hearing market value. A lot of people using the term market value, market value, market value. Well, the only offer that we know of, the market for Damian Lillard, is Tyler Hero, potentially... Uh, either Jovic or Triple J, and then first rounders, first rounders, and then first rounders, like right. Duncan or, or Kyle or Lowry or whatever. Picks. Yeah, like that's the market. Yeah. Market value is what is is being offered for that product. Market value is not oh we think Damon Lillard's worth this. No, his market value is what right now is currently the best offer for yes. him. That is the market value, and there is no indication anybody has offered anything greater than what the Heat have offered. So I don't want to hear it anymore. It's it, purely a narrative. Oh, the Heat package is terrible. No, the only people saying that are being force-fed and brainwashed that by the Portland woes side of things. And, and the ringer. Also, right. <laughs> the Celtics fans. Um, uh-huh. Also, <laughs> one thing that we got to go back to as well, and people keep overstepping this and they're blaming Dame for limiting the market. No, Joe Cronin mm-hmm. is the one who limited the market, yeah. not only by not dealing Dame last offseason, right. but by promising Damian Lillard. Because they worked in lockstep on this. They promised Dame Lillard, you sit out the back end of this year, we're going to get a better pick. We'll use that better pick to get you older players, experienced players, so we can win now with you. He told Dame Lillard that, at least that's the reporting around it. Yeah. And then when he got the number three pick, and he saw Scoot Henderson, which I can't blame him for because Scoot Henderson is a dog, he was like, ah, I'm choosing Scoot Henderson over you, Damian Lillard. Yep. So who betrayed who first? Yep. Because Damian Lillard then said, I only want to go to the Heat, but only after you refused to choose Lillard over Scoot Henderson, which you can't blame him for, but if you want to pick that side, you limited the market by turning your back on a franchise superstar, and then he said, well, send me to Miami then. Joe and Cronin, wa- stop crying tears now. Joe Cronin shrunk the market, not Damian Lillard. Not Dan. When we come back, the smartest man we know. If he's in a weepy mood, we'll talk through it as well. <laughs>
He is Steve Politziner. Ask Steve's on the way. He's Theodore to WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Later on in today's show, since it is the slowest sports week of the year, I continue with part two of Ken LaVica's how-to of the day. Lack of sports doesn't mean I can't help you, all of the fine people of Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast. The smartest man we know he joins us every single week. He is Palm Beach County Sports Hall of Famer Steve Politziner, but he is so much more. Let's talk to him. Time for Ask Steve's. Steve Politziner is a Palm Beach County Sports Hall of Famer, a business maven, an accomplished youth coach, and a worldly family man. Every week he bestows his expansive wisdom upon us. It's time again for Ask Steve's, presented by PNC Bank. See how they can make a difference for you at PNC.com. You've got mail. Steve, I want to start with this. You know people at ESPN. You're, as we say in the business, well-connected. Uh, how can we get the home run derby back to 10 outs instead of this rapid-fire home run thing? I almost had five seizures last night trying to watch that and keep up with all the cut shots of all the different home runs that were being hit out of uh, of the park in Seattle. I, oh, my God. I, I agree. There was, like, this pace of it. I know Ugh. we're speeding up the game, um, you know, with the rules, but the pace of it. I actually think the 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 pitcher – the BP pitcher was such a difference maker at the end of the game. The Blue Jays manager, Schneider, which I thought was cool that he was, you know, throwing him to Vlad, his pitches were per- were perfect. It was like a Rosarena's guy kept going high and inside on him like right. he was trying to. Well, Pete Alonso's pitcher. Pete Alonso's pitcher was. Yeah, he was pathetic. He was Pete Alonso's pitcher was pathetic. Everything was was uh, low and outside. I, I don't understand what that was, but you've got it. Like to me, Steve, if I'm in the home run derby, I'm making sure that my pitcher can actually put it where I need it in order to pull it, like 440 feet. Yeah. Like, that was frustrating for me. Now, um, well, well, did you also notice the difference um, in how much closer now they they throw the BP pitches from? Yeah. Versus um, last night on Sports Center, you know, they did so much about the history of the home run derby. You know, there's nothing else on. Um, they were showing the home run, home run derby from the early days, um, and pitchers used to stand. Uh, the BP pitchers used to stand just in front of the mound. They right. weren't on the mound because they didn't want to mess the mound up. Right. But just in front of the mound, like like toes were on the dirt. Now they're like three inches from the player's head. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just put. You might as well put it on a tee at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, I don't know if you noticed. I don't know how much of the home run derby that uh, that that you watched. At one point, Pete Alonso hit what can only be described as a 200-mile-an-hour missile in the left, and it drilled. I mean, absolutely temple-shotted into this, like, 9-, 10-year-old kid. And I know it was, like, 200 miles an hour because it bounced off of his head a good 75 to 80 feet in left field. So The, the same speed that it came in right, at. Right, yeah, the, the, the same speed oh that it came in at, it also departed off of his <laughs> skull at the same pace, okay? So then ESPN shows this poor kid, and he's being helped by five people off the field. Then they do a quick cut to 
to Pete Alonso dancing at the plate, like, oh, nope, 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 can't show that. Uh, so I want to ask you, as a father of, <laughs> of uh, young kids but are old enough to probably participate in the outfield portion of the home run derby, and they play baseball and they're used to line drives at the Little League level, would you allow your kids to be in left field of a home run derby featuring guys who are hitting missiles five feet off the ground at 200 miles an hour? Yes, uh, I've been in the outfield. I wasn't at the All-Star Game this year. I was there last year in L.A. I sat in left field. There were tons of kids, you know, all around, whether it's in the field there or in the outfield. I'm coaching baseball. Um, Baseball is one of those games where uh, pay attention. (laughs) You have to be paying attention in baseball. Um, Very rarely in the NBA does does something. First of all, the ball's not going to hurt you, but you know you have those uh, shack flies four rows in and mauls, you know, <laughs> like takes out six rows of people. Uh-huh. But no, in baseball, the home run derby, like that's what you're there for. Head up, let's go. Head up, glove up. You know, like you got to get ready, and you better bring a glove also. So yeah, I absolutely would. Um, now, if you have like a three, four year old, something like that, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me because unless you're a dad and you you're a parent and you have a glove, and you're ready to, you know, you're going to be trying to catch every everything. But sure, um, that this, you know, when you get to that age, absolutely. Actually, let That'll me tell right. you let me tell you a story, and it wasn't me getting drilled in the head, but this was me playing Little League Baseball. I was 11. I had never played the outfield before. I was either a second baseman or a catcher. But, 11 is uh, what, fifth grade? Uh, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. So I'm playing left field, and I wasn't quite used to, oh, I don't know, judging fly balls, okay? So, uh, they, step back. Uh, first moves right, one exactly. Step back. It, it, well, the problem is uh, I stepped too far back, and then I had to come charge the ball. So it was hit to left. I mean, this is a high pop-up, right? So I'm charging, charging, charging once I realize, oh, my God, I'm a good, like, 100 feet away from this thing. I better go. But because I couldn't judge the ball well, uh, I completely whiffed at it trying to catch it, and it hit me right in the groin. I mean, right there Ooh. on the groin. So I, while fighting tears, am trying to find the ball that I've since booted because it hit me right in the package, and I had, I had, an, I lost all sensibilities at that point. So I'm trying to throw in, hit the cutoff, man, all while I'm in the worst pain of my life at 11 years old, and that is why I stopped playing the outfield and never gave it another chance after that. Yeah, you know, I take kids aside uh, like that um, usually, and a couple things. First, I say my one of my ba- my teams are don't turn one mistake into two. <laughs> don't turn one mistake into composure. Okay, you dropped the ball. Now get up and hit the cutoff, man, all frazzled and like, I'm right. going to throw it, you know. Right. As far as but I what can. if you feel like you're about to vomit all while this is happening, which is the situation I was in? <laughs> Then we got to go aside and we got to work on some, you know, breathing exercises uh-huh. for when you get into, when you get into the And situations. wear a cup. And then also, um, you know, if this is something that you're doing over and over again, we'll hand you, uh, we'll hand you like a tennis racket and say, okay. <laughs> Time to find a new sport. Uh, right, right. Yeah. Sorry, kid. Uh, it's It's been a good run for you. Now it's time to retire. Steve Politziner, Palm Beach County now, Sports Hall of Famer. If that happened to you in that I was coaching you in Little League or rec or, you know, travel, whatever, the different things I'm, I'm involved with, I would actually um, uh, take you aside and, and build your confidence back and hit you about 10 um, pop-ups in a row and say, let's see how many in a row we can catch. Oh, that's actually, and, and, I, I like that. That, that's yep. uplifting. And when kids are scared of the ball, 
even when they're playing regular baseball, I do that with either soft baseball or with the tennis ball. And that's because first, it's building the confidence on the fundamental, and then and don't worry about the ball hitting you part. Steve Politiner, and this is why he is so, so well-rounded. He is a business extraordinaire, a Palm Beach County Sports Hall of Famer, a family man, and a youth coach extraordinaire. Speaking of coaching, let's go from you uplifting people and hitting pop-ups and getting people better to uh, naked slingshots and naked bear crawls. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald. Uh, fired by Northwestern. We've talked about it a good portion of the last two days here on this show. Here is here is where I stand on this. Yesterday I said, yeah, this probably could eventually lead to Pat Fitzgerald's hiring because typically in these situations, the coach says, I didn't know anything about this. And then after further questioning, it's, Oh, he lied about having knowledge of this, and then you fire said person. In this spot, the university president saying, hey, uh, we're going to suspend you for two weeks where no college football coach is doing anything during the course of the year, and then let's move on and get ready for fall. That raised people's antennas and forced questions and further reporting to be done, which is what further got Pat Fitzgerald in trouble. But then the uh, two weeks, and on the same day, up fired by this university president, clearly in over his head. Pat Fitzgerald, though, clearly, I think, knew much of what was going on within that program. What do you think about that firing? How would you best describe, especially with your business background, the firing of Pat Fitzgerald? Well, I mean, I think in the culture, you know, in the climate today, um, whether whether there's there's no way Fitzgerald didn't wouldn't have known about it. Um, he's known as such a hands-on, you know, highly respected coach. You know, without knowing all of the details on it, like my my assumption was. Hey, this is like one of the last sorts of old school things that we do. I don't really, it's not a coaching thing. It's a, it's a Northwestern tradition mm-hmm. thing. I mm-hmm. happen to be the, uh, in the steward, you know, now. And um, I believe there's a great line from Coming to America um, where um, the dad, Coming to America one, not Coming to America two, <laughs> which was, you know, an embarrassment and a travesty upon my favorite all time movie. <laughs> but if you remember King Joffe Jofra, says, um, it's tradition. Who am I to change it? And his wife says, I thought you were the king. Um, and the point there is, you, you, you can't look the other way anymore, like on that stuff, because then you're saying to people below you, hey, I stand for this, but there's some other things that I don't stand for. I think Fitzgerald's mistake was not realizing this was going to be the end, and he should have negotiated a better exit. Oh. Because now he's fired with cause, right? right. And he's going to walk. He's not going to. Le- he's going to leave with nothing, and he doesn't deserve anything. No, but he should have been smart enough to know, you know, what was coming down the line. And he should have. And he should have addressed it. He should have. He should have phased it out. Uh, there's practices all the time that we might have done years ago uh, that things might have been, and they were the tradition. But like, you have to find ways to um, continue whatever the core of what you're looking for, which is ultimately team bonding, but do it in a way that's acceptable today. And if it was someone disgruntled from years ago, you know, that was mad, like, you know, so be it on the on the on the on the source of it. It doesn't mean it didn't the happen. The fact still remains. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, were you ever in a I, I was telling Stone and Theo yesterday, like, I, I didn't. I played volleyball in high school. That was the only true, like, competitive in-school, like, locker room uh, sport that I played. There was no hazing there. There were no naked games, like uh, are being alleged at Northwestern. Stone was saying, hey, 
The naked stuff, that's just what happens. It's college football locker room, just part of the game. Get naked, hang out, good times, we're the boys. Uh, like Hazing is part of that culture. Were you ever in a a, a, a situation sports-wise where there was, there was hazing involved? No, I was in a fraternity in college. Um, so you definitely experienced you know some of that as uh, as a pledge um but yeah we keep hearing you, know, you keep hearing it because this was these are old you know ways that i guess bonds were formed and you quote quote unquote pager you know pager dues and um you know you got to evolve with the way the world evolved or you're going to pay for it yeah yeah, uh, so it was was hazing. Was it? By the way, I mean, we, we all know Fitzgerald will be a linebacker coach in the NFL in two years. Oh, that's inevitably happening for sure. And once that report comes out, Northwestern's going to have to put that report out. Uh, the findings. He could coach again at the Division One college level. I, I just, I, I feel no, like, yeah. Or it's like, who else gets fired? You know? Yeah. Who else? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It could go one. It could very much go one of uh, one of two ways. There is only look at Michigan State. I think Nasser was just in the news again. I think he got like stabbed he got stabbed like six times right? in the neck, it, in the it, chest. It, yeah. Yeah. It goes all the way. It goes all the way if there was proof that anyone had ever, you know, anyone had ever uh, voiced, um, you know, a reaction to it before. Well, Steve, I have proof. I have nothing but proof that Duffy's is the place to go to for one of the finest dining experiences you're ever going to have. Well, Ken, you are right, <laughs> and I have the proof as well because Duffy's baseball action right now heating up the Duffies, including how about the you know the all-star game tonight my favorite part of the all-star game is still the introductions love 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 baseball all-star game introductions i can't wait for that 80 tvs you can watch them on at duffy so you will not miss a play or the introductions jumbo shrimp cocktail firecracker shrimp shrimp cob salad all now through the end of july and of course all the perks of being a duffy's and the key at duffy's our game is always on Thank you, Steve. We'll talk to you next week. Work on uh, catching your fly balls, Kenny. Well, you know what? You and me should go out to a field. Okay. Well, let's let's do some pop-ups, uh, <laughs> some fly balls on, like, Friday. And I'll come film. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it'll be therapy for you to, to get over this, right. <laughs> this deep issue that happened Yeah, to you. this crotch incident that I had at age 11. Ago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Steve. <laughs> that is Bye. Steve Palatiner. Ask Steve's here on Ken Levick Alive. When we come back... It is Ken Levick's how-to of the day and a little temple of troll as well. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Live on ESPN 106.3. Real quick, Stone, let's get to Ken Levick's how-to of the day. This is me for you, the people in the slowest sports week of the year. Ken Levick's how-to of the day here on ESPN 106.3. Today, Theo, how to drink red wine. How to drink red wine. If you're buying wine at the store or at a restaurant, you want to make a wise choice. Knowing the source of the wine, very important. Colder climates, lighter-bodied wines, warmer climates. Expect you to produce full-bodied, riper wines, more intense flavor. Number two, glassware. Before you pour yourself a glass of wine, choose the right glass. All reds, best in glasses with large rounded bowls. Lighter reds do best in a shorter glass, however, because your nose closer to the wine. Pour and swirl. Pour and swirl. The wines, they've been left to breathe or decant for a while. Pour a small amount into a glass. 
Do this with care, though. You're pouring the wine into your glass. Make sure the body the wine has is it viscous or lightly or slightly thicker. Mm. Does it coat the sides of the glass? What do you expect the wine to taste like? Appreciate it. Take a sniff. <laughs> Take a sniff. Identify the notes of your wine by sticking your nose into the glass, taking a big whiff of the wine's aromas. Get your nose close enough to the rim so you get a clear scent, everybody. Yeah. Number five, give it a taste. Take a small sip. Don't swallow your first sip of wine, though, right away. Let it roll around on your tongue for a moment. Try to assess whether the wine is sweet or has a lot of tannins. Taste it. Don't rush it, okay? Then you swallow and analyze the aftertaste, or you spit it out to properly put on your palate the taste of that wine. And food pairings, know a good food pairing with your red wine. That, that is how you enjoy red wine. Red wine better with larger rounded bowl is what I got from all that. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. right. Lighter wine, though, maybe you wanted a little shorter, shorter glass so that your nose is closer all to right. it. All mm. right. Time now for the biggest hater we know. He will look you in the eye and disrespect you. He doesn't care about your sports endeavors. He wants to talk about him, how great he is, and how he beat you. He is a troll. Time now for Theo Dorsey's Temple of Troll. Congregation, it's time to hear the good word. He prays for your sports pain. Rosiu then rejoices and preaches pettiness. Theo Dorsey is in his bully pulpit in the Temple of Trolls. Hey, yo, Kirk Cousins. Minnesota Vikings quarterback oh, Kirk Cousins. An old standard. Mr. Checkdown. <laughs> Mr. Checkdown when the game's on the line himself. I was looking up your contract info. Says he's got one year, $35 million left. Mm-hmm. Unrestricted free agent next year. I say rent don't buy out in Minneapolis right now, and here's why. What, at Stone, can what would you rate Justin Jefferson when it comes to receivers in the NFL right now? Probably near the top. Yeah, near go, the top. I can go top three. It, one, two, or three. It's got to be there. It's got to be there. Maybe you're paying homage to the uh, older guys, but he is the guy yeah. right now in the NFL, Justin Jefferson. And he was recently asked to give his top five quarterbacks in the NFL today. Top five. He can give anybody and here's what he said. I have to say number one, he got your homes. Got to give it to him the MVP. Number two, nice I have to say Aaron Rodgers. Got to give it to him. Number three, okay. uh, Joey B. It's only respect. Top quarterback. Four, I have to pick Jalen Hurts. Got to respect his game and hmm. bring Philly to the championship. Okay. And then number four. five, I have to say Josh Allen. Okay. Cut it, cut it, oh, my God. My God. My God. He did not say Kirk Cousins. He He, said Mahomes, Rodgers, Burrow, Hurts, and Allen, but not Cousins. He had five chances. Oh, my God. He had five chances. Just throw his guy a bone. Oh, my God. Throw his guy a bone, and Kirk Cousins gets no play. (laughs) Kirk, you like that? (laughs) I would rent. Don't buy, because your time in Minneapolis is coming to an end. The number one or number two receiver in the league who's your teammate couldn't even give you a little shout. Maybe even the number five place. Oh, my God. We respected that. On his top five list. I'm sorry, Kurt. I'm in shock. That's like that's like someone asking me, hey, Ken, who are your top five on-air personalities here at ESPN 106.3? <laughs> and I go, Jeanette, Julian Zaldivar, mm. Elias Bustamante, Josh and Tina. Yeah. And Theo and Stone <laughs> are sitting looking at me. Wow. That is so disrespectful. And... Also- and- Accurate. Also, Kirk Cousins is the one that's got to give him the ball. I know. Justin Jefferson is so secure in how good he is and how much he doesn't need Kirk Cousins that he isn't even patting the back of the guy that has to get him the ball. Right. Well, and we know Kirk Cousins can't get him the ball if it's anything near the sideline. 
Like, well, we understand that. Uh, I, I have no words. I don't know what just happened. <laughs> oh, boy. I, 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 I figured that he wasn't going to mention him, but I still, when he was at three, I was like, okay, here comes Kirk. Okay, no. And number five, here comes Kirk. No, Kirk no, Cousins. No well, love. I tell you what, Kirk Cousins might want to uh, get on a, a long, comfortable ride where he can think a little bit. Mm. He can clear his mind on the Brightline. Go Brightline.com, free Brightline app. Kirk might have some free time coming up, <laughs> some time to vacation, and he can hang out in the stations in West Palm, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, Central Station, Quick Stops, Boca Raton, and Aventura. That's Brightline. Go Brightline.com, the free Brightline app. Going to the Marlins game, use the home runner train. Going to the Inter-Miami game, that's right. Lionel Messi about to make his debut. Use Brightline. Go to that Fort Lauderdale station. Use the ride share. I swear by it. Stress-free way to get through South Florida. Go Brightline.com and the free Bright line app. Joe tweets in, Ken, the Heat cannot trade Hakez. They can only trade Iovich. Well, not true. It's July 31st. They can trade Triple J. Good old time. That's how time works. It's a good tweet, though, right? That is a good tweet. And he's right. <laughs> he's right. Not Except yet. then they can yeah. trade him. Right. That's Theo. That's Stone. I'm Ken. Bye-bye.